The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. And off the top, we've got a traffic alert for you that's going to impact thousands of drivers this evening. West Slaughter Lane is closed again just east of Mopac. Specifically, it's closed between Senders Mesa and Sendera Mesa and Zunica Drive. This is between Bowie High School and Circle C. Crews are working to repair the road after a gas leak. Well, the U.S. is sending sophisticated tanks to Ukraine to help its fight back against Russia. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. The decision, a reversal for the Biden administration, comes after pressure from Western allies. Germany will be sending tanks as well. Alice Barr is in Washington, D.C. with what Russia is saying about this about face. Through every single step. In a major shift today, President Biden announcing the U.S. will send 31 of the most sophisticated tanks in the world to help Ukraine defend against Russia's relentless attacks. That's what this is about, helping Ukraine defend and protect Ukrainian land. It is not an offensive threat to Russia. It comes as Germany announced it's also sending tanks to Ukraine and allowing other European allies to send their own German-made tanks. We are united. America's united, and so is the world. The Biden administration had previously balked at sending these M1 Abrams tanks, saying they were too difficult to operate and maintain, now promising to include the necessary training and supplies. The reversal comes after continued diplomatic talks. During the enforcement, change your mind. We wanted to make sure we were all together. Moscow calling the move from the West extremely dangerous. Throughout the nearly year-long war, the U.S. has sought to support Ukraine's fight for freedom without provoking an escalated Russian response. Analysts predict a renewed Russian offensive against Ukraine this spring. And while it will take months for the U.S. tanks to arrive, Europe's can move more quickly. There'll be a significant NATO-supplied tank force on the battlefield well in time for the spring offensive. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky grateful for the support. Assistance he and Western allies hope will change the war's trajectory to finally bring an end to Vladimir Putin's deadly war. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Well, a man with a knife killed two people and injured seven others on a train in north of Germany. This happened in Brockstedt on a train headed to Hamburg. Three of the survivors suffered severe injuries. The four others had minor injuries. Several witnesses grabbed the attacker, who was also injured, and sent to the hospital. Authorities are calling him a stateless 33-year-old Palestinian man. The National Weather Service in Houston now confirms a tornado that hit Deer Park in Pasadena appears to be an EF3 tornado with a path about 18 miles long. KXAN's Ryan Chandler is live for us tonight in Deer Park where you can see just how powerful that tornado was. Good evening to you, Ryan. That's right, Jennifer Daniel. When you look at this damage, you can hardly believe the power of this F3 tornado. Look at the San Jacinto Manor nursing home. There's not much left to it as a tornado ripped through this area in southeast 
the region of Houston. It collapsed the building and tore off the roof. But here we found just the first of many stories of heroism from today. The community tells us that before this building collapsed, the volunteers inside carried dozens, nearly 60 senior citizens out of the building across the street and to safety in the middle of the storm just minutes before this tornado hit. And judging by the damage that you can see here, that act of heroism undoubtedly saved lives. That's just one of the stories that we heard today. We visited animal shelters who have relied on the support of their community to get their dogs and cats to safety. We visited with local leaders who are asking for Texans help to start uh, donating and, and giving anything they can because as you can see, the recovery is just now beginning. We'll bring you many of those stories later. For now, I'll toss it back to you and David Yeomans. Ryan, thanks. And this confirmed by the Houston National Weather Service as the first EF3 intensity tornado in Harris County since 2002, 21 years ago. Not only was it on the ground for 18 miles, as you just heard, but the wind speed estimated for now at 140 miles an hour, the width two-thirds of a mile wide. This thing was a significant tornado on the southeast side of Houston. Our thoughts are with those folks down uh, along the coast. Back here at home, we're just enjoying the sunshine after yesterday's beneficial rain. There's Lake Austin. We're in the hills out in Westlake on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Beautiful sunny skies, but cool temperatures today. Only 54 in Austin, 50 degrees up in Lampasas. This is because it's sunny, but we've got a northwest wind blowing at 20, 25 miles an hour in some areas, bringing in more cool air on the backside of that storm. Coming up in your forecast, freezing cold nights for many, just how cold it gets, a weekend warm-up, but also signs of a stormier weather pattern next week. All right, David, thank you. A Newport News Virginia elementary school teacher shot by a six-year-old student now plans to sue the school district. An attorney for Abby Zwerner says administrators failed to act despite several warnings on January 6th, the day of that shooting. On that day, over the course of a few hours, three different times, three times, school administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school and was threatening people. The district superintendent has said no weapon was found when a tip prompted a search of the boy's backpack earlier that day. Zorner's lawyer says the teacher is recovering at home after being shot in the chest. Unfortunately, there's still a bullet inside of her body. Pope Francis is criticizing laws that criminalize homosexuality. During an interview with the Associated Press, the Pope called laws against the LGBTQ community, quote, unjust. He also said God loves all of his children and that, quote, being homosexual is not a crime. Francis acknowledged Catholic bishops in some parts of the world support laws that criminalize homosexuality or discriminate against the LGBTQ community. He attributed their attitudes to cultural influences and said they need to undergo a process of change to recognize the dignity of every person. Now, according to the Human Dignity Trust, some 67 countries or jurisdictions around the world criminalize consensual gay sexual activity. 11 of them can or do impose the death penalty. Just in tonight, Facebook is re reinstating former President Donald Trump's personal account. It was suspended for two years after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Elon Musk recently reinstated Trump's Twitter account, but the former president has not yet tweeted. 
Well, it's a theme we're seeing in so many places. Tonight, we explore what's behind the shortage of beds for memory care patients. And just ahead, the civil rights attorney involved in a case in Hayes County about the shooting death of an inmate now has a new case. Why he plans to sue the governor of Florida. And exonerated by new DNA, how much time the wrong person served in a Hawaiian jail for a murder he didn't commit. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump says he is prepared to sue Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over his decision to block advanced placement African-American studies courses in the state. Crump appeared at a news conference in Tallahassee today with three AP Honors High School students and several state lawmakers. Now on Monday, DeSantis argued the course is a Trojan horse for indoctrinating students with a left-wing ideology under the guise of teaching about the black experience and black history. We have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, we want education, not indoctrination. By rejecting the African-American history pilot program, Ron DeSantis has clearly demonstrated that he wants to dictate who story does and doesn't belong. He wants to control what our kids can learn based on politics and not sound policy. In a letter to the college board, which oversees AP courses, Florida education officials did not specify exactly what content the state found objectionable, but said the course, quote, lacks educational value. The demand for home mortgages is on the rise. Total applications increased 7% last week compared to the week before. Meanwhile, mortgage interest rates fell for the third straight week, dropping to the lowest level since September. And then last week, the 30-year fixed rate reached 6.2% a year ago. It was about half of that. Well, we were talking for weeks about how warm this January has been, one of the warmest on record. Today, that could be changing. This is our fourth day in a row of cooler-than-average highs, today only reaching 56 in the city of Austin. Your first morning forecast with some cold nights coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. We have some breaking news into the KXN newsroom. Travis County Sheriff's officers need help finding this woman. This is Angelica Ruiz Escobar. She is 27 years old and from Pflugerville. She hasn't been seen since January 7th. She was reported missing on January 16th. Now, the sheriff says they don't think that she just walked away from her family and her job. She drives a 2013 black Chevy Silverado. They're asking anyone with information or anyone who may have seen her within the last three weeks to give them a call. We're going to have the number to call posted on our website, kxan.com. More people in Hayes County are dying from Alzheimer's disease compared to the national average. This is all according to medical experts. And as KXN's Sarah Alsheh explains, the need for memory care facilities has increased, but some places say they're at capacity. She had some sweet moments. Pictures capturing some of the memories Lindsay Randow has left of her mom, Betty Morgan. Some more grandbabies. She died from Alzheimer's disease just after Christmas last year. Morgan was diagnosed 11 years ago. We knew in theory what 
the road would look like, but I don't think anyone's ever really prepared. Her mom ended up staying here at Brookdale, a senior living facility in San Marcos that offers memory care. We're able to keep them safe in a small environment, keep eyes on them pretty much 24-7, and give them the love and the care that they need. That's where Randall met Megan Spiller, the sales manager. Spiller says during the pandemic, more people took care of their loved ones at home, but now those families are reaching out for assistance. I think that caregiver burnout is really what's taking the toll. And with higher demand comes lower availability. Usually when a vacancy does come up, um, it's it's pretty much gone almost immediately. A study by Christus Santa Rosa Hospital in San Marcos reported Alzheimer's disease increased throughout the area, listing it in their top 10 leading causes of death. And while there's so many unanswered questions about the disease, Brandau says her mother will help with that research. So her brain was donated and will be studied. Her gift just keeps on giving, so more people keep on learning. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. And Spiller says Brookdale has an Alzheimer's support group for anyone in the county, even for those who don't stay at the facility. They meet the first Wednesday of every month. And KXAN investigators know that families face a huge challenge when a loved one is diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia. Families want them to get the best care possible, but they may not realize that terms like memory care have very different meanings depending on the states and the facility. We've got what you should know on our website. Just go to kxan.com slash memory dash care. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, take a look at this, an iceberg measuring almost 600 square miles, that's roughly the size of Houston proper, has broken away from the Brunt Ice Shelf near a research station in Antarctica. The British Antarctic Survey says a major crack was detected about a decade ago in the shelf's 490-foot thick ice, but it has now fully extended across the ice shelf, separating the piece. With the crack widening, the research station has now been moved about 16 miles away. Back here at home, you know, we are seeing the effects of a changing climate. We got a new survey out from the folks at Climate Central. They found that Austin, Texas's nights below 32 degrees have been getting more sparse. We are averaging now 11 fewer freezing cold nights today than we were back in 1970. And keep in mind, this does include last February when we saw so many freezing cold nights. Even then, the trend is downward. Here we are up in Round Rock. It's a cool, breezy day under sunny skies. The Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam showing some 5 o'clock traffic building on the interstate, but otherwise a nice day. Hill Country, it's 49 in Lomita, 51 degrees right now on Main Street in Fredericksburg. It's been a very chilly day because of the northerly flow behind yesterday's storm system. 52 up in Leander, 53 down in Buda. East of I-35, not much warmer for you guys. 56 degrees in Bastrop, mid-50s in Smithville and LaGrange. The pollen count actually showing a little respite here from our cedar and mold counts. Both of those are low, and they've been trending in the right direction. Here we are on the backside of the storm system that caused that EF3 tornado yesterday down in Pasadena on the southeast side of Houston. Now it has grown in latitude, if you will, affecting everybody from Canada all the way down the east coast into Florida. On the back side of this, though, we have really nice weather, but some really cold nights. Look at the clouds and radar forecast. I'll advance it through tonight, through tomorrow morning, through tomorrow evening. Nothing happens. Beautiful sunshine again tomorrow, clear skies for the next couple nights. But if you're from around here, you know that when we get dry air after a cold front, clear skies and calmer winds, that's a recipe for a freeze in many areas. 
Here are the temperatures later on this evening, falling quickly after sundown. By tomorrow morning, we're in the mid-30s in Austin, lots of rural suburbs and communities east and west of the interstate seeing a freeze. Might want to be safe and protect the pets, pipes, plants, and people. Another cool day tomorrow in the 50s, then we'll do it again tomorrow night. If you're in central Austin, I think we'll be fine in the mid-30s, but to be on the safe side anywhere else, let's plan for two freezing cold nights ahead. Tonight's forecast in Austin, clear, a little bit of a light wind, keeping temperatures a little milder than they could be. 36 degrees with a north-northwest wind at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, lighter breezes, sunny skies, another cool one, though. You'll need the sunglasses and the jacket. Highs only reaching 58. Seven-day forecast has a little bit of a warm-up starting on Friday afternoon, but much warmer days and nights this weekend. Unfortunately for your outdoor plans, that does come with increased cloud cover, more humidity, and even a few light showers, especially on Saturday. Now, early next week and mid-next week, we're facing kind of a tricky forecast. Our models disagree vastly on rainfall amounts, chances, and temperatures. What it looks like right now is that we start to turn colder Sunday night into Monday, maybe a secondary surge of cold air midweek and we'll see a couple storm systems during that time that could even bring some decent rainfall back to the area. Most of that looks most likely now on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll let you know as this forecast evolves. It is still days away. Be sure to download the KXAN weather app for the latest updates. Just ahead, DNA frees a man who spent decades in prison. But what about the other two serving time for the same crime? After 23 years behind bars in Hawaii, a man convicted of sexual assault and murder has been freed because of new DNA evidence. A judge ruled the evidence, the result of improved technology, proves that Albert Ian Schweitzer did not assault and murder Dana Ireland in 1991. After the ruling, the handcuffs were taken off Schweitzer and he was able to hug his defense team and then hug his family for the first time in more than two decades. Thank you to the judge for doing uh, being an honorable judge and the prosecutors for doing the honorable thing and uh, restoring honor in that court system. This has been the first time in the state of Hawaii where there's been a conviction integrity process mm -hmm. to where the prosecutors, I'm talking about the entire state, has sat down with the defense and our innocence projects, worked together to, to, to work cooperatively to find out uh, uh, who actually did this, to seek justice. And Schweitzer's team will next focus on his brother Sean and another man named Frank Pauline, who were also convicted for the crime, hoping to get their convictions overturned as well. All right, we have no reruns tonight on KXAN. We've got all new episodes of Chicago Med at 7, Chicago Fire at 8, and then PD at 9 o'clock before we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.